In most conversation with worried parents of late, I get these two questions a lot. How can I help my child with their online education? You know, they're stuck in front of this camera or the screen whole day and they don't move around, they don't meet their friends and it's not easy for them for sure. That's true. That's actually true. The second point that I get a lot is can graphology really help students, kids, parents, teachers to understand and deal with the situation better? In today's conversation with a veteran educationist, we will be answering all these questions and much more. Welcome to the second season of the Absolutely Right podcast, the very first graphology-based podcast in India. I'm your host, Aditi Surana. I'm a graphologist and a high-performance coach. The format of our show is slightly different. You know, actually very different. Most of the time, people are interviewed on podcast shows and they talk about their journeys, their life experiences. Here on our show, we do something really different. I look at people's handwriting and talk about deeper aspects of their personality. We understand why do they make the decisions the way they do. I get to really look at the success traits and the behaviors that you can learn from. So every time I walk into the description of their behavior and handwriting, I also talk about the stroke and on our YouTube channel, you can actually see the video formats where you can see the real strokes in the handwriting of our guest. So you can learn whether those traits are applicable to you, whether you have the trait in your handwriting or not. I must confess, I am a bit nervous to meet our guest today. Mrs. Damayanti Bhattacharya is a recipient of Iconic Leadership Award a veteran educationist over 30 years of experience and a principal of Jasubin ML School and Bloomingdale's pre-primary. I am a bit nervous because as an adult, I have come to accept myself as a dyslexic person and have learned to accept all the imperfection that it brings. But as a child, that was not the easiest thing. I struggled with all my school interactions with people, especially with authorities like principals. So talking to people in that fraternity is not my most comfortable thing to do. Having said that, I think it is need of the hour that we speak to teachers and understand their perspective and what we can do for our kids to make their life easier and better. You should listen to this interview for two, three reasons. First one is how can you learn about your child, especially in the lockdown online schooling space. Second one is how graphology can help. Third, as I describe Mrs. Bhattacharya's handwriting, you will learn those strokes for yourself, which I feel is a revealing fact and revealing process. Now, if you're ready to dive deeper in your own self through this conversation, then tune in. Just to repeat myself, Absolutely Right is available in audio format on all major podcasting platforms and in a video format on our YouTube channel Aditi Surana and on my website aditisurana.com. Now, before we show you the actual interview, let me tell you, Mrs. Bhattacharya is skeptical about graphology and its ability to analyze people accurately. I hope I change her perspective. Check it out. Welcome, Mrs. Bhattacharya. I'm so happy to have you as my guest. And I must say, I am slightly nervous talking to a principal on the show because I'm a dyslexic and I always um, felt scared to walk into any principal's office throughout my childhood. Thank you, Aditi, uh, for asking me to come on this show. And just to put you in peace, I want to say that uh, children with learning difficulties have always been my best friends. That is a relief, for sure. 
<laughs> so, you know, many times when we look at teachers, when they are teaching a particular subject, they also become the authority in that subject and authority in life. And that leads to so many other ways of functioning being influenced by the authoritative way of functioning. Now, I must say, when I look at your writing, that is one thing I tried looking for and I couldn't find actually. I couldn't find the authoritative, stern behavior. I rather see a little girl learning new things every single day. So according to me, you are a very curious person. And, and one interesting thing about that curiosity is the curiosity about the future. What can happen if I try this? So you're experimental with ideas and so much so that other principals or people from your community, you know, the principal, the teaching community might, might be wondering, why are you so free-flowing? Do you get that? Yes. And I completely agree with you there that uh, somewhere I think I was thrown into this leadership position and somehow it grew on me and I grew into it. And I would say one of the reasons why I could grow in my, as a leader is because I was willing to explore. Mm -hmm. And because I was willing to look at things, other things and other perspectives and other aspects, I think that helped me tremendously in my growth as a leader so yes you're right I am very curious and I want to try things and that I think mm -hmm. drives my teachers up the wall sometimes so <laughs> yeah but I'm always looking for ways to innovate to create and I just love that and that, I think that's the best part of my job I, I can imagine and I think kids being around them and learning from them every single day yes. would be your, like I can tell that is your passion because my mind is completely open. I, I'm, I'm open to any kind of learning. True. I, I, I agree with you looking at your writing too. Now you are highly independent and I'm, I'm giving this thing also for our listeners. When we uh, write the personal pronounced I, which is a capital I, you know, like we always have to write that first letter I without any horizontal lines. If it is only a single vertical line, then that capital I talks about somebody being completely independent in their outlook. So no matter how tough the situation gets, you look for your own perspective, your independent perspective. And when you get that, uh, you know, people may consider you stubborn in that way because you, you will not budge. You will not change because you have complete clarity. Till the point you are exploring, you're learning, you're easygoing, you're flowing with things and you are experimenting with whatever result that may come out. But once you make up your mind, once you bring that clarity to the table, uh, you will not change without having enough logical reasoning on the other side. Now, uh, one aspect of being a teacher is also constantly being available for people uh, to ask you questions and come to you for all the solutions and problems that, that get to you. And you have, for some reason, never faltered on that idea. You love doing that for people. You love pro solving problems. And at the same time, you sit there and figure out what all possible options this person can go through. It's like a little mental game. And that mental activity is your stimulation. I believe in during the lockdown, when you did not get enough of questions your way, you felt bored by that. You're like, oh, I think I'm used to more stimulation than what I'm getting. Aditi, I think you stay inside my head, huh? <laughs> yeah, okay. absolutely. So, yes. so over to you. What questions do you have and what, what so, all of you would like to talk about? 
how how good do you think i am at uh, resolving conflicts hmm i think you do that a lot and you have become better at it with practice so conflicts used to get to you because you used to get completely involved with people in that conflict and you're very protective by nature so you whomever you felt were the right people you know right party you went all out to protect those people from any possible harm and you always remained invested in conflicts because you wanted to protect people you wanted to make sure that they find the right answer with time you have realized the power of having a neutral ground so now you become a platform for people to voice out their opinions and say things for what they are and i believe you consciously work at refraining yourself from taking any entertaining any biases so you do not jump in and say this is right or that is wrong you literally create a platform for people for people to figure it out and i believe that's why many of your teachers would be coming to you for with their conflicts to get get them resolved because they know that you would create an environment for them to figure it out and you will not spoon feed them which is very nice actually as the leader if you look at that my college mates and i we have made a whatsapp group hmm. so some of my college mates have pulled out sort of a yearbook kind of a thing and okay. uh, where we wrote to each other on the last day after graduation etc so um, in that somebody pulled out something that i had written to that girl okay so uh, i find that my handwriting was uh, completely different and what this mm-hmm. was this was when i was 20 uh, mm-hmm. 19 20 years old so does it okay. happen that that you know handwriting how is it that and it's completely different from what it is now i had lots of curves it was very rounded you know uh, very embellished uh, right. kind of handwriting so what happened i mean how did that how does that transition I and mean, what happens how does it change you know this reminds me yesterday i had a practice class with my graphology students mm-hmm. so teach graphology and these people you know we keep practicing it same traits different writing sample being a republic day we decided to pick up dr baba saheb ambedkar's handwriting mm-hmm. from 1921 and wow. then from 1957 okay. and when we looked at visibly when we looked at both these samples the handwriting had shifted completely Okay. and you wonder if this person is the same person okay you know and what you're saying is actually is a question i answered yesterday because we were like looking at this diverse shift in someone's personality now let's take a moment and understand what is personality it is never this fixed idea right like when a child goes to one school instead of other because of the environment because of the interaction his personality shaped differently having said that every child won't have an identical personality because some part he brings to the table and other part he gets molded into right as even as adults the situations the emotional you know imprints that we have from the environment we are constantly interacting with it so i i always say personality is a process okay. where you began when you were 20 was probably the starting point of your adult life but everything that you went through now today like the embellishment that you were talking about is also about expressing your thoughts with more intent in it making it more uh, decorative if in in some ways you know like having the layers and nuances now today being a principal making sure that your work is done making sure the the unit or the structure of the organization works in the way it should is your priority 
and having that time spent on that expression is not the liberty that you can afford to have today now if that is the case the handwriting is only representing how you think you didn't change your handwriting consciously though you must have written way more than most people yeah. and you would have stayed in touch with the physical act of writing still you did not make those specific changes consciously but as the mind changes as the brain personality everything is moving forward like a body's the handwriting which is in a way extension of your mind is also changing and that's why i find it so accurate and so fascinating because it captures the changes that you have gone through and that's why accurately it can talk about those minute details okay. so going by the handwriting that i have the sample that you have what are the things that i can do better okay what are the areas first, that i should work on myself as a leader first and foremost the thing that come to my mind is the amount of irritation that you go through during the day and also getting irritated with yourself for not being able to to deliver what you had decided to deliver i think that was one thing that i would not say you become self critical but yes impatience and irritations are you know on on momentary things both of them are your very close friends if not best friends so we probably have to break up with them <laughs> <laughs> second aspect which i would think you must work on is physical writing i believe you have the natural knack for writing you love the the whole idea of expressing yourself and in this rigmarole and all your responsibilities you do not get a breather to do that now your writing is straight anybody with a vertically straight slant in handwriting the the move the direction of the movement of the writing we call it slant so if it is vertically straight almost 90 degree to the baseline we call it the person is way more matured before time so they really love their own personal time and they love to evaluate they love socializing but not at cost of having their personal world taken care of now that is something i feel uh, you haven't been doing with lot of discipline and priority you kind of divide your time between all the people around you but you will uh, recharge yourself much more when you are by yourself and when you consciously give that time to recover from all the interactions if i may say that you go throughout your day the course of the day that, okay yeah that okay. would be very very So tell me, Aditi, something like this—an art, um, you know, this art of knowing the science, rather, of knowing how to read handwriting. How can I use it in my school? So the one thought that came to me is, you know, uh, would it help uh, if I was able to use it? You know, um, would it help my teachers? Uh, uh, to, to I don't know really how I'm going to reach out to them, but. uh to understand their children better the children in the classroom better is this it can i use it like this and how so graphology can talk about learning abilities and disabilities it can talk about the style in which you process information how you make decisions mm-hmm. how you decipher what exactly you are looking at based on your processing mechanism mm-hmm. now you know with all due respect our education system is built in a way that we teach one thing to all kids and we believe everybody would understand without realizing that they may or may not 
uh, you know have those faculties and being a dyslexic i struggled through the process so when i uh, on the other side when i talk to teachers now i feel understanding the internal frame of reference that a child operates from is crucial yes and if we can do that then the messaging becomes deeper and better so most kids feel misunderstood by people around them yes, because yes. instead of talking to them in the manner they understand the information adults try to tell them what is right or what is wrong Correct. and this is where the biggest challenge happens so when i talk to parents on the basis of their kids writing mm-hmm. i tell them about what the child is going through and what, how the child is interpreting the information they're throwing his way and i'm using the word throwing very carefully because that's what land up happening in most parenting situations mm-hmm. now this is where i feel teachers can play an important role mm-hmm. imagine if you understand your child and you know we uh, use this example a lot if somebody writes their letter y and if it is you know 50% line it goes down and never comes back mm-hmm. now if a child has that kind of writing that shows that he loses interest 50% through the journey so he he starts with a lot of enthusiasm and after 50% he cannot function now the same child if he's punished every day for not being able to finish his homework believing that he's lazy he's uninterested or if he forces himself and you know his mother is like screaming at him then the whole idea of learning is not liberating for anybody in this scenario but if a child, teacher can understand the child has this as a tendency and probably talk to him in a manner understanding that is his internal frame of reference the same communication can be done in a different way if if he understands that okay i lose interest after 50% and if he creates shorter schedules for that matter you know he like instead of 40 minutes if he does 20 20 minutes where his interest is you know maintained that works even better now right. these are the behavioral shifts we can have another example is defiance many kids especially when they are going through their teenage period they, they develop this idea of defiance and it right. is seen in the handwriting with a lower case k that suddenly becomes upper case if you are writing a word and one you know if you are writing best of luck so the k becomes upper case where it shouldn't be shouldn't be that uh, is a sign of defiance now with defiance kids want to fight they want to like say no to anything that is told to them in an authoritative manner okay a small communication change if a teacher instead of saying you must do it says to this particular child that you do it or you don't do it as you like the very moment a defiant person has a choice hmm. he cannot decide how to fight the authority because if he does it he's fighting the authority if he doesn't he's still fighting the authority so in that confusion he lands up making a choice otherwise this child turns into a rebel for sure Now these are the smaller implementation or applications of graphology for teachers right. i feel. so i was just thinking that in in a classroom scenario uh look i want to help my i was just thinking that is a principal school i would like to help my children through this so mm-hmm. i was just thinking like you know for learning disability we look out for some classic symbols of you know dysgraphia or dyslexia or any other right. any other kind of learning disability There's some classic ones. Uh, see, for most of us, you know, all this is very new. So, for example, our first uh, brush with uh, dyslexia was Tari Zameen par, right. and I think it's remained there only. I don't think we have, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we have not gone beyond that. Yeah. So, uh, 
but anyway, at least there in that film, uh, Amit Khan tried to bring out certain aspects of how, you know, if you remember that scene where how to a, to a child with learning disability, how the letters would be going up and down. And that's why he can't read if you remember that scene. Right. So is there similarly in, in graphology, is there some book or is there, are there some classic, uh, you know, um, classic, you know, clear-cut, very clear-cut and classic samples of you know, to, in, that would indicate that this child has this emotional issue or this child. Is there something like that? Because look, going into the subject in depth is not possible. Then that becomes a different area of study like you mm-hmm. have done, which is already you must have studied over the years and gone into it. So how can I help my teachers help the children? So there are research materials available, but they have spoken about different emotional issues. But unfortunately, graphology over a period of time, as the digitalization happened, mm-hmm. people stopped doing the research the way they used right, to. Right, right, so the right, newer right. challenges or newer you know, concepts that people now talk about, right. people haven't unfortunately done enough research to say for dyslexia, this is an issue. For dysgraphia, okay. this is a particular handwriting stroke. Mm-hmm. Having said that, we have another aspect of graphology called graphotherapy. You know, you, we all have done that in while growing up. We practiced one handwriting stroke repetitively till we got a hang of it, right? Like mm-hmm. for, while learning the letters or writing. Now, graphotherapy is using a particular stroke to give specific instruction to the child's mind. So once the child is diagnosed in a way for a particular issue, then we can look at his writing and figure out if he, he or she can use certain graphotherapy to build more concentration, to build long-term uh, you know, uh, memory, if, if that is a concern. Right, so those right. things can be done as a corrective method. And I feel that is very powerful. For example, if I have to do a lot of talking or writing, which wasn't the easiest thing for me, I do my graphotherapy, which enhances your flow of thinking, creativity, and the flow of communication. So when I do that, and I know when I have days filled with that kind of work, mm. it helps to do that mental work before I walk into it. It's just okay. an add-on thing, but it is really helpful. Okay. So similarly, other things, other kids with different challenges can implement those graphotherapies. And that work I have done with kids, okay. I have done with adults. So that we can definitely count on and work towards it. So that okay. shouldn't be a problem. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So tell me, I've read, I've read something very interesting on, about graphology. I believe in the ancient days, they used to identify criminals. Mm-hmm. Uh, by looking at their handwriting samples. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So we have references of Sherlock Holmes doing yes. that and using yes. graphology even in his movies that's and right. series, yeah. of course. That's yeah. right. And also that's the reason why I remember when I was first applying to a job, uh, which is many, many, we have to give handwritten uh, applications. And right. um, I think I now understand why, besides the grammar and the you know, the way you've written, et cetera, et cetera, the tone of the letter, et cetera. It's also, I think, the handwriting. I think some uh, some, some institutions, they have this uh, to identify uh, possible criminal, um, you know, traits or things like that, that a person may be having. So sure. that's, uh, <laughs> that is very interesting, whether it's whether so teacher is suitable. 
Yeah. Yeah. In, in Germany, they did a lot of research on selection process based on graphology. Correct. Correct. They developed these ways in which you, they can find out whether you're suitable for this correct. job or not. So correct. If you are a creative person, yeah. and if you're supposed to do, say, an accountant's job where you have ah. to follow only the structure and only the instructions, yeah. you'll not be good. Not because you're not good as a person, but only yeah. because your skill set doesn't match. Doesn't match exactly. Yes. Okay, so that's very interesting. So, Aditi, how long have you been doing these things? This almost sixteen years now. And what made you choose graphology as an as an area? So, because with all know, honesty, dyslexia, which I have spoken so much on this show. I see. I see. I, I remember going to a personality development course, and a teacher asked us to draw some zeros, and she said, "How many zeros can you draw in a minute?" So, all of us came up with some numbers, and she said, "You know, now I'm going to time you, and just go ahead and draw." the assignment was simple either you reach that number or you don't and then either you undervalue evaluate yourself or over you know evaluate yourself now when people drew these circles for some reason i looked at those zeros and something started you know those uh, the movie scenes where the tare zameen pe the whole numbers are going all over the place mm-hmm. something happened magical in that moment i looked at those zeros and patterns emerged out of them So I looked at these people. I did not know all of them, but I described their cupboards. I described how they communicate. I described how they function in particular situation. And all of us were shocked. I had never done that before, and I had no clue. I was probably thirteen or fourteen at that time. Okay. Okay. So, and you know, being a uh, not that good student, I never got any recognition. Mm-hmm. So this was my first moment of glory, where people looked at me and looked at me as if I knew something more than they could imagine. Mm-hmm. now i picked on that that skill or i picked on that vibe that i was feeling i can't say knowledge or anything of that sort but like a like an artist you know as a child you have the flair to draw and then you develop yourself into being an artist so okay. after i discovered this i did my international certification in graphology i have been studying and gathering doing my research gathering samples then it became a profession when i was 18 so once i became a professional then i have been Doing wow! Working. So you've been working professionally since the age of eighteen. Yes, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Absolutely. So I so. think thanks to thanks to the disability that I understood, I could so, see the patterns. <laughs> so see, for all of us, there has to be a a trigger point in life. Yes. For for you to take that leap, you know, uh, I think for all of us there is that trigger. So that would have been yours. That that workshop on personality. Yes, that was that was, yeah, and yeah. I'm so glad. And today, when I turn back, I must say that you know, so many moments where we dismiss it, we feel we do not fit into a box. We do, we feel as if something is not working. Mm. We do not know. Probably, it is about us, or it's about the situation, or as you said, it's a trigger for you to discover something completely different. Mm. But as we do not look at it because we don't have personality goggles, we exactly. only only make. the problem about my my destiny is wrong i'm in this uh, horrible situation so we make it only about all these other things which are beyond our control so the larger idea of using graphology is also for people to accept themselves for who they are and not label them for being imperfect but see these gaps and gifts that are hidden within us right. but are unseen because we don't know how to look at them wonderful nice you put it nice you put it yeah i think I think we owe it to ourselves. Yes, mm-hmm. I think yes, we owe it to ourselves because I think a lot of unhappiness uh, stems personal unhappiness, which uh, manifests itself in different ways. You know, it per- permeates into your relationships. It permeates into your 
daily work schedule you know because it's because we are not doing perhaps what we were cut out for true you know? true so we pushed into a, a situation for you. yeah tell me so when uh, parents are dealing with kids at this point in time especially during the lockdown or in this home schooling kind of situations uh, what would you tell them like what are those four or five things they should keep in mind while dealing with their kids uh see uh one is spend a lot of quality time with your parents it is up to the parents to create that stress free harmonious atmosphere in the house so keep the stress levels low no matter what the situation is the children must be in happy environment spend a lot of time with the children playing games uh it's it's a it's a very good time for the family to sort of uh connect yeah mm. so keep it keep it connected keep your channel of communication with the children open so that the children always they come and talk to you and uh make it a point to uh ask them how they are feeling how are you feeling how is your you know whoever is there in the house your spouse your friend pick up the phone communicate 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 it's very very important mm-hmm. so that i would tell the parents to do, do that all the time it's not about their homework or their classwork or what they are doing but how are you mm-hmm. feeling are you okay are you there what did you do today uh, you know how can i help can we get together can we can we do something together so that they 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 learn they and, and and you know if if there is any stress in the household uh, hmm. keep it under control try and see that it doesn't go down to the child so uh, i think the only thing that the child is missing see whatever they have missed in in terms of academics that can all be made up for but uh, what they are going through emotionally just now is something that i don't know if we can you know you know this kind of it's traumatic for the children and this can stunt the emotional growth though it's a temporary thing phase but uh it can stunt so you have to you have to be that person the parent has to be that person to help to ensure that that you know that that stunting doesn't happen that growth that emotional especially growth because they are not interacting with the external yes, world in a physical yes, way yes yes absolutely absolutely hmm. so that is what i would you know it just connecting and communicating connecting and communicating i would say that's the key to all the time to connect with your children and find out what's going on what's going on in your mind what's going on in your head you know all the time being in touch that kind of thing is it important. not interfering for parents to do that like no i don't think so not at this time not at this time not at this time because because you know now kids have their independent preferences they have their personal private things that are happening it's so okay. not like it's okay but you as a parent of course you should ha- you have to use your i mean you cannot do this with a 25 year old or 24 year old you have to within <laughs> limits but yes but yes hey but what you doing available is crucial yes, is what being saying. available and being and say telling your keep telling making it abundantly abundantly clear to your child that you are there for them no matter what so the child does not feel alienated lost lonely at any point in time because this is a bigger concern right bigger now concern. their emotional health you know that uh, during the pandemic uh, depression has surged 100% totally. yes and uh, so taking care to see that these things don't happen in in the house within the household sure thank you so that's very important yeah 
So let's move to our next segment, which is called Autograph, Please, where I'm going to look at your signature and talk about the gaps in which, uh, you know, the way people perceive you in your public image and the way you are as a person. Now, it's very interesting. Your signature talks about that public image, that social, formal persona, and your handwriting talks about who you are. And all of us have these gaps. I'm just going to talk about what are your gaps and how that, you know, how your friends understand you and how your probably teachers understand you that we're going to talk about. Now, the first thing that comes to my mind, because as I was referring to your adventurous nature and your exploratory behavior, as a principal, as a public person, you can become very focused and very clear to a point of being strict. Which, if you tell your friends who have known you while growing up, they would never ever believe. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> that is so true. Oh, you so, the people cannot turn into can. <laughs> That is so, so true. That is so, so true. And I have no answer to that question because... I cannot say the way I function in school and the way I function at home. With, with, with sure, and we do not find the difference because it is so natural to us. Yes. We, behave, we start believing this is how we behave. In office, yes. I work like this. At home, I behave like this. Yes, yes. But the differences are only found by others who are seeing you in both the situations. Yes. So they couldn't, some of them couldn't believe that, ever believe that I would uh, be a successful. I mean, honestly, my friends have told me this on my face that, you know, huh, you can't. You can't. You can't do this. This job you can't do. But I know I can. Yeah. One, you can, of course. But we can. We can also not dismiss their points because they have seen you being the rule breaker. <laughs> but yes, I think that is like you know how how life has shaped you. This profession has shaped. You. I think all of us, to a degree, are Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? <laughs> Totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. As T.S. Eliot said, you have to wake up every morning. You put on a face to meet the face, right? All of us do that, yeah? Of course, yeah. of course. And and the whole beauty is to know what face do we put up. And, yeah. you know, so many times then in the work that I read about, I have come to realize that the ability to remove all these faces that we wear to be with other people mm-hmm. and be as transparent as we can with ourselves in the mirror Mm. is an essential part of today's social life because every Instagram post has some form of filter. Every conversation has politically right, socially right norms that we follow. I agree. So, you know, we got to do that. We cannot avoid it. But sometimes these masks become so real that we just do not know how to remove it. How to remove it. And that becomes like the the bigger conflict, internal conflict more than anything. So my husband bears the brunt of that that I carry back from school sometimes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I used to say this, that, you know, a kindergarten teacher talks to her husband also in the same manner. Do you agree? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Have you eaten this? Have you picked that up? No, no. no. And I I especially, oh, cross your T, dot your I. You know, this preposition is not right. You, You should put... Frame your sentence properly. He gets so mad with me. And he, you know, I'm not your student. I'm writing a business letter. I'm conveying my point. It's okay. Yeah, so I do. We, I think all of us tend to do that. Carry yes, it totally, we but do carry it. Yeah, we do carry it. Yeah, we do carry it. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. This was yeah. wonderful and yeah. it was so easy going. I didn't expect it to be this easy going. <laughs> so um, now you know I all principles and not to be put in the same um, box. Slot. Yes. Yes, box. I agree. Now I'm going to look at their handwriting before making my conclusion about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so Thank much Aditi. So it was an absolute pleasure being here. It was a very novel experience for me. and uh, i i honestly when i came i was quite skeptical because i wasn't sure because of how and writing how could you do but yes you have hit the, the nail on the head many times thank you thank you, so thank you so much thank you so much absolute pleasure i love this autograph please segment every single time when i reveal something interesting about the guest they chuckle they laugh they they really bring out the truth about their personality which is known by a very very few people now that's the power of signature that talks about your public image and handwriting which is about the true personality it's like a mystery it's like a code that you got to decode every single time by the way thank you so much for joining us on this episode of absolutely right On our Friday episode I will be introducing one more journaling question which will blow your mind to look at a different perspective within it's a handwritten journaling process and the specific therapy that I use which is called graphotherapy which makes this particular journaling style grapho journaling let's talk all about it on our Friday episode if you haven't checked out the previous one where I spoke about unwillingness go ahead and do that i think it's really interesting to see where you are unwilling to change your life and most of the time we don't get to see that and if you are convinced about graphology by now and would love to know more about personality signatures autograph and see the people underneath that then come join me on our graphology masterclass every first saturday of the month we start our new batch let's connect on friday till then happy writing